So, can you hear me all right, Brody? Yeah, good. So before I um, get into some uh, reflections on a theme, I'd, I'd just like to... Um, uh, hmm. just uh, <laughs> acknowledge that we're a bit few of us this week, right? Has anybody noticed that? <laughs> like, so, yay, well done. <laughs> you still keep, uh, keep it all going. <laughs> Very much appreciate those able and willing to do some extra work. And, and I also, as I was reflecting on it, I just had a really lovely sense of how you know, there's been practice going on in this space continuously for 13 years. And we are, when we're here, you know, we are holding that space, which I think is, you know, rather wonderful, you think, about that and how others have done that before for us. And, and we're, we're holding that space now for people here and, and those still to come and uh, so I just have a lot of appreciation for um, this intrepid little band here <laughs> it's, like, it's great <laughs> and uh, yeah so I just wanted to mention that and, uh, really lovely to be practicing here with you and uh, yeah, so um, so I'm going to offer the third in a series of three talks on the five spiritual faculties or powers. Um, so as always, the encouragement you know to listen in that open, sort of grounded way, whereby <coughs> no, the, the talk just happens and that sense of trusting anything useful will kind of go in and, and not feeling that uh, you have to, um, you know, kind of get hold of things and work on it if it doesn't feel helpful for you. As I was reflecting on this, I was... I mean, I come back to these great themes and the lists, you know, like the lists. I find them such amazing, I mean, kind of frameworks for reflection and, and support to practice. And like, I just, every time I revisit any one of these or a group of themes like this, I'm just like, wow, this is good stuff. <laughs> like, or the, and there's always that sense of, kind of understanding something a bit differently or a bit more deeply or from another angle and you know that way that I hope where you 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 really allowing the teachings to kind of speak to you where you are in your practice you know so that there's some sense that it's always new because we're always different which is you know it's just changing as you know it's <laughs> changing you know so that sense of being okay with that aliveness of, of this moment as you you know hear and reflect it's like can there you know hearing freshly or just seeing what might be touched or 
uh, you know, in life and in, in the listening now. And of course, as always, sometimes I, I don't know if you have this experience, but it's just something I feel like it's kind of part of the hidden curriculum for a treat where, you, you know, say teacher talking and whatever this case, it does, you're just quietly sitting there kind of doing your own practice, you know. <laughs> and um, sometimes what's more important is just, you know, nothing that I'm particularly saying, but just, you know, something that you're sensing into in your body-mind. And so just really making space for that. I don't know, maybe I just have that tendency when someone else is talking, I get like, oh, didn't you know, I get sort of carried away with what the other person is saying. <laughs> yeah, so it's such a, an interesting opportunity to me, this isn't it, for years, like mindfulness of listening. Well, it is for me, because I can hear myself as well. So mindfulness of listening and how... Yeah, just, wow, sort of how easy it is, you know, it's probably a parallel to the way we are with our own thoughts, isn't it? It's just like, can get so blown away by, carried away by ideas and thoughts and sentences and tones of voice or whatever all the responses are to all of that. <laughs> and so, yeah. So I hope there's something, something helpful here. So I've been uh, using this great teaching from Sayadaw Utajaniya um, and I'd like to read it again and I will put it on the board as well until tomorrow. When there is faith, sadha, effort will arise. When there is effort, virya, mindfulness will become continuous. When mindfulness, sati, is continuous, stability of mind will be established. When stability of mind, samadhi, is established, you will start understanding things as they are. When you start understanding things as they are, panya, faith will grow stronger. And so we have this beautiful... So just, I don't know, listening, maybe just pausing, inviting you just to sense sort of what, I don't know, what you hear, what touches you in that. Um, Maybe you know, part of what I've been saying the last couple of talks and this one is to notice in ourselves, in our own practice and process it, that we may have kind of a sense of, of seeing seeing like wholesome processes or what is, and sometimes they're called positive feedback loops, you know, where that sort of ho- wholesome or helpful elements or aspects or points of practice or mind or whatever just you can really feel and kind of you know how um, you can see a process 
Right? And you can also see the unraveling as well. Then when those factors are absent, how lost we can be. Like, wow. <laughs> it's just, you know, <laughs> you probably do know. Just how lost we can be, you know, even when we're here, diligent yogis on retreat, you know, it's like we just realize we spent, you know, three hours somewhere. We're not really sure where, you know, or three days. It's like, wow. Um, and then how, you know, there's that coming back, you know, and it's so interesting talking to people, hearing that, you know, it's like we all have our little touchstones. That's really important for you to know your touchstones because they're probably not the same for everybody. So, you know, sometimes, as I was saying, you know, it's not necessarily faith where that gets us back in. Although, it, you know, it's it's like it's something like looking up and seeing the sky. Say, so, oh, yeah, oh, oh, right, okay. <laughs> so, like, you know, we're for me, it can so often just be putting my whole body on the ground for a while. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh. you know, and I don't know what you would call that. I mean, that's, you know, it's just, I, you, you just know. Sometimes you just got to stop and reboot, like switch it off under the duvet, which is another one of my techniques, but not, not when it's this hot. <laughs> In the winter, maybe that works better. So just, it's like how we get caught up in our process, in the world, the worldly winds or the floods, you know, of our mind and the way that gets triggered and and then how we lose. My sense is like we, we lose touch with mindfulness, with faith, with <laughs> movies and other wholesome qualities. And, and, and then there's a sense of re-entering. Do you ever, I kind of had that today. I was in a bit of a spin today. I was like, whoa. And then I just, you know, did the stopping, put my body on the ground. And and this feeling of just sort of re-entering the path or re-entering the stream of practice. It's like, oh, yeah, right. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> that's so relief. And it's not that there hadn't been any wisdom or mindfulness present before that point, but there are these shifts, aren't there? Where so we've somewhat been caught up in some momentum or other, and then there's a kind of, okay, wait a minute, okay, just stop. And then how there's this naturalness. Part of what has been really striking me over the last three weeks of kind of working with this teaching from the side out is the naturalness. You know how the Buddha keeps pointing to this again and again that's, and it's like it's paradoxical or something, that so much of our training is to kind of re-enter naturalness, re-enter nature, you know, so come back to earth, come back to body, come back to here. <laughs> It's not rocket science on one level, is it? You know, they are. And how and how there's this sort of natural 
different ways in which you know wholesome qualities just give rise to each other. You know, saying kind of, and that that's not something we have to go. <laughs> heavy lifting, you know, heavy lifting. My first, I mean, if sometimes it is like that. It is like that, and there is this kind of. But I think that so much more than we usually think. It's more like a sense of tuning in, retuning in, or tuning in a little more deeply to here, here, now, you know, this, right? Which is, so there's an image I often find helpful with, it's like just tuning the radio dial a little bit, and it's like, oh, we're kind of back, or we're just tuned in a little bit more carefully, and how much that's is yes, there's a training, there's an intention, but actually just an out breath, you know, and then there's a sense that I can because I don't know if you have this like I can the big drama in the mind is you know, oh, my practice is crap, or you know, I just you know I completely lost it, like the last three weeks up in smoke or you know, I'm never gonna, and, you know, like, oh my gosh. And then, like, five minutes later, you know, oh, yeah, maybe I'm all right. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) What what was all that big hoo-ha? So do you see what I mean? I I think these shifts from our dramas back into the, like, this process at the side, or it's like, okay, we're back into that. Oh, a little bit of effort, and we're sort of back in the, oh yeah, and then naturally, oh, I want to be more present, and oh, then naturally things start to settle. So th- how long did that take? Five seconds? And that the drama, the story can, can be so s- sort of, um, you know, like, we're, we're, it's going to take us so long, and no, not true. Not true. But like one of my teachers said, the only thing to be really afraid of is how long it takes you to be mindful. I mean, just, yeah, to really, oh, yeah. So the other point I want to make about about this sort of overview, sort of feel of, is something like every... Every situation in our life, like relationship or work or, you know, those just trouble areas or, you know, interface with the world, you know, or political life or whatever it is, I have, I have a sense that to embrace the, I mean, I know I'm not saying anything you don't already know, but again, somehow it's sort of come freshly to me in the last week, particularly of of finding, connecting with or cultivating these sorts of qualities, like finding the faith in the middle of some difficult interaction, right? Or like finding the, the presence and the steadiness with some frightening thing about money or bureaucracy. or You know, these triggers we have or a memory of some you know, horrible conversation, you know, just, ah, this is, 
so whether we're on retreat or just in our life, it's like we can we can reconnect, we can find this process, like wherever we are. And I know that sounds a bit, maybe that possibly sounds a bit idealistic. As I say it, it sounds sort of, but I, I think it, for me it also has that like encouragement, aspiration or sort of faith quality of, yeah, you know, I can't always do that, but I have a sense that that's, you know, the possibility of that. It's sort of, I find that inspiring and encouraging. Like what would it be to bring these five faculties to bear really intentionally, you know, within a particular situation in our life? I think that could be really interesting to investigate, to, to try out. Obviously on retreat we have more, it's just a different, um, a different way of, of exploring, cultivating and experiencing. So um, this evening the main thing I wanted to spend a bit of time on was this quality of samadhi um, within this process and uh, just just offer one or two thoughts about uh, kind of what 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 this quality is and how how actually is it cultivated how yeah how does that happen and in a way to come from the place of knowing or remembering what you already know about how you know how the mind settles what helps your mind you know, how does the mind settle it's very it's yeah mindfulness is obviously the the key but it's not it's not the only factor so so that's what i want to un- unpack a little bit so recognizing recognizing the signs of samadhi this um uh, quality or state or you know i find it really helpful to think in terms of it can be a little bit there <laughs> and and be incredibly helpful you know so so sometimes maybe if we just equate it with the you know kind of supersonic absorption states we think oh well you know but i really i think i can sense that almost wherever there's some mindfulness there's some samadhi there's some sense of this steady steadied mind some degree of composure some degree of gatheredness collectedness this so so this is a way i want to kind of come at it a little bit this evening is um maybe right now for you to if you wish to acknowledge that there's some samadhi you know present in the mind some some degree of check it out collectedness sense of body and mind being somewhat present here together you know maybe not completely and fully but ah yeah because we can we can be so focused on the bit that isn't Right, or when it's a little bit distracted, or you know, things are wobbling a little bit, and actually, to okay, so value to kind of almost acquiring the taste for, or the like tuning in, as I was saying to the the radio, the frequency of, of samadhi, like, oh, there it is, here it is, actually, oh, 
just some degree of gatheredness of heart, mind and body into some degree of well-being. As one sort of possible definition just to just to feel into. So again, my tendency to be quite feeling and intuitive with with this rather than very sort of specific, but like even to just have that thought as a just as a possibility. Like I can find that almost can help me to find some or tune in a bit to oh right, okay, some some degree of, you know, gatheredness of body, body, heart, mind. Hmm, yeah, maybe some. Oh, great. <laughs> you know, so being, actually noticing what's already, already here is so often a kind of magical golden key, isn't it? Because like, of the tendency to be focused on what feels wrong. Anybody else have that tendency? Oh, I know. To be preoccupied with what feels wrong or not quite steady or well I had some samadhi and now the talk's really spoilt it or (laughs) sorry (laughs) but then that's life and that's the strength maybe of that sense of okay well you know here and now that much great you know it's um my sense is then in our life, if we become more able to feel it, know it, recognize it, will help us so much in different situations. Like I can think of particular relationship in my life where, you know, I would really, there would often be some difficulty and I would go in and I would try and be the mountain, you know. I'd be really try and connect with as much of my steadiness and composure as I could and it did help. And actually... Again, this is a magic of mind, isn't it? It made it more accessible while I was there. Just by, yeah, thinking, contemplating, kind of recognizing, saying, oh, yeah. Um, Sometimes, also this afternoon, that image of the, um, you know, that kind of Russian doll with the round sort of bottom and it's got a weight in the bottom, so when you push it and it boings up again, you know, it has this sort of, I think of samadhi being kind of somehow part of how, like a kind of boing, boing, boing. <laughs> you know, life, the wind, the weather, politics, mind states, I go whoosh, you know. But then you sort of like somehow, you know, like a tree, there's that flexibility of mind. You're not like, <clears throat> you know, frozen or kind of broken in two or something. It's like, oh, <laughs> try it out. Maybe you could even like, that feels good actually. I'm like, oh, yeah. Just be the be the little doll with the, the heavy bottom. I remember, I mean, a, a, a moment on a retreat many, many years ago that was a, a really big teaching about this was... Um, a lo- one longer retreat where the mind was, yeah, some samadhi. I don't know if I knew the name for it at that point, but anyway, it was like really steady and clear. And um, I did this experiment of 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 dropping in a thought 
that would often be very, very upsetting and triggering and set off reactions to see what would happen. So I did this and nothing happened. (laughs) And I was very struck by that. This is the power of samadhi. You know, we might also say the power of mindfulness, the power of the power, yeah, both. That clarity without something about that steadiness and gatheredness and uh, not untouched, you know, not but not reactive. Do you ever have you ever experienced that where something that would normally really upset you somehow nothing happens? And then another, the other way around, something would normally not upset you and then you really triggered. And I think one of the variables would be the, the degree of samadhi, this degree of steadiness. Another memorable, I don't know if any of you have heard me mention this uh, story of um, in Helsinki Airport where uh, somebody wa- walked by me and, and, and sort of bumped me slightly with his briefcase. And I felt this rage, kind of like a roar through me. Like, it's like, wow. And I was like, how dare he? And then quickly followed by an image flashing through my mind of me kicking him. Like, wow, look at that. And as I was on my way to teach a retreat, you know, so (laughs) there was some incentive to practice with this. You know, and it has made a good story. So there's an incentive. Well, hopefully not. But yeah, it's like it kind of in that moment, I guess there was enough clarity, enough steadiness, so that sort of somehow the whole thing, even though there was was there was emotion, there was kind of definitely an energetic effect. Um, that there was very little impact. There was very little reactivity. There was very little, you know, residue. Thinking about it afterwards and thinking, "Oh, this is stupid! Mm, how dare you!" You know, and people are so, you know, and all that. Um, and I even then I said, saw them, saw the person again in the luggage area, and I did my sentence of meta. <laughs> anyway, it was. They don't always have happy endings, these stories, do they? But anyway, (laughs) that one did. Yeah, so to me this is, this is some, you know, some degree of this uh, collectedness. And um, another uh, way it's described is the careful collecting of oneself into the joy of the present moment. Isn't that lovely? I just like, I know that works for me as a kind of, yeah, you know, check it out. The careful collecting of oneself into the joy of the present moment. And again, for me, there's something in that that invites me through the layers of, well, I don't know, and I feel this and my body is, and I'm in a bad mood, and that's happening. It's like, kind of almost invites me to, yeah, yeah, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh dear, mm-hmm, yeah, oh no, I know, I know, yeah, it's like just, okay, just relax down through the layers, oh, joy, joy in the present moment, oh my gosh, here it is, how miraculous. And again, the degree that 
we think we are away from that is the degree of our delusion. Mm. I don't know, I have to think about that. I hadn't said that before, but maybe, you know, that, yeah, hindrance. Hindrance, you know, just fog. So, um, so again, the faith element of, of, oh, I, I am interested in that. That sort of catches somehow the mind's sort of interest and, yeah, I wonder how, how does that happen? And then some willingness to explore. And I, I want to offer another image of um, some of of um, what support samadhi is like uh, elements of uh, like a nest, like a bird's nest, which the ones I've seen are made of lots of different kinds of you know twigs and, and bits of fluff and um, smaller and bigger twigs and little bits of grass and it's taken a lot of work to to create that, you know. If you've ever watched birds, you know, they're just going backwards and forwards and just so much. And I thought about us and I thought, it's like, you know, we, we want to sit in the nest before we've made it. <laughs> I think. <laughs> and we don't, we don't, we don't, we're like, I don't want to have to do all this work to, to, to build a nest. It's like I just want to sit there and sit on my eggs and relax, you know. So I I don't know. I found this a kind of helpful image somehow of this sort of weaving together of the elements of mindfulness. Um, yeah, I probably won't say too much. I talked about that more last week, but um, also of. Um, What, what, uh, hmm. S- something about um, gladdening the mind, or like, how, how, what do you, how do you kind of create a place uh, of, of welcome, kind of welcome for the mind? And it's like, just, just go and sit there. Mm-hmm. Ah, right. I know I'm being a bit silly, but, um, you know? I was like, what would make it more inviting? So, you know, there's this solid maybe foundation of sila, of non-harming towards ourselves and others. Maybe there are some of the big twigs. And then there's kindness and compassion, you know? So we can, it's like the nest, it doesn't require us to always feel okay, but we can... It's like we're welcome, even with the painful bits, because there's compassion. Maybe, you know, part of the nest is about, ah, oh, I can actually appreciate this, this real sense I can open to appreciation, gratitude for my life, for something, for maybe many things. You know, here and now. Here and now, it's like, ah. Oh. You know, for some of us, I think that's very powerful. That might, again, different for different people. Um, but something about 
a sense of belonging or connection. Like for me, I know this is a crucial part of the nest that I, if I feel, if I can find ways of really feeling a sense of belonging, I'm okay, I'm allowed to be here, I belong, you know, I qualify, I'm like, I'm, it's okay, you know, I'm, I'm welcome, I'm, I'm, I'm here with others and, um, okay, that, for me, that would be important part of the nest. And if I, you know, maybe some bits of these get damaged or they fall off and you have to do a bit of rebuilding or, anyway, I don't want to endlessly extend the metaphor, but, so build, building the nest, you know, as you know, that all that process of, particularly on retreat, where you simplify and you you're letting go of external stuff and then you start letting go of internal stuff and ah oh, you know maybe, maybe that's more like the space within the nest you know where ah oh, you know you, you've got the support and then you have this lovely sort of open space that's that's there uh, for you to sit in walk in lie down in <laughs> Breathe in. So opening to the body, again, for some of us, maybe not everybody, but this feels to me, you know, through exercise, tai chi, yoga, or just walking, or moving, you know, sometimes on retreat you can get a bit solid and sort of <laughs> moving, how does the body want to move how does that, I know I'm, I'm very kinesthetic so it's again maybe not for everybody but somehow without that it's like I can't settle my mind seems to need a sense of the almost like flexibility in the body and mindfulness of of the body that sense of the you know mind filling awareness filling the body as being a very crucial part of how this deepening of gathering you know which we can have to some degree and then how it can really really gather and deepen at times particularly Again, it's different for different people. For me, through through mindfulness of the body, of the embodiment, the body energy, the felt, the direct felt sense of the body, and opening that up and filling, and and again that more com- kind of complete, gradual welcome of the whole thing, the whole experience into a kind of kind, receptive awareness, uh, and. I, again, in the spirit of um, just offering some different possible inspirations and um, metaphors, I'd like to share uh, just a little bit from the Buddha about um, samadhi. And just recently... um, picked this up from a talk by Stephen Batchelor and it's his rendition of part of the number two in the Digha Nikaya, the longer sayings of the Buddha. So if you want to check it out. And 
one thing as I was I, as I was contemplating this, it's like the Buddha bringing together the imagination, so the mind's capacity and tendency to imagine, yeah, and finding skillful, helpful ways of um, using that to enhance or invite or deepen this sense of well-being, this inner pleasure of mind and body and being that, that, that arises, it does arise in meditation and through solitude and seclusion. And so I'm going to read just a couple of the passages um, and again invite you to just, just mm, kind of feel it. So maybe it's like if you want to listen with the body or seeing if that helps you get some kind of a feel or felt sense of of how this might happen. Perhaps you already know <laughs> to a greater or lesser degree. So so um, this is the, the Buddha. Imagine a skilled bath attendant or his apprentice who pours soap powder into a metal basin, sprinkles it with water and then kneads it with a ball into a ball so that the ball of soap is pervaded, encompassed and suffused with the moisture inside and out and yet no seepage. So the meditator suffuses her body with the rapture and well-being born of solitude so that no part of her body is not suffused by that rapture and well-being. So again, it may not float your boat, so that's fine. Um, this is this is perhaps the it's the more active, you know, the needing that image of of needing where we're this is vitaka vichara, where you know, in this case, kind of attending to exploring the experience of body, and that's the needing of the mind and the body experience into this unified uh, whole, H-W-O-L-E. <laughs> so there's, there's some activity. Now the second one, imagine a deep lake where waters well up from below. It has no inlets for streams from west, from east, from north, from south, nor is it refilled by timely showers of rain. Yet a cool current of water welling up from within the lake suffuses the entire body of the water so that no part of it is not suffused with cool water. So the meditator suffuses her body with the rapture and well-being born of collectedness so that no part of her body is not suffused by that rapture and well-being. This is not so far from possibility for us. You know, sometimes we hear talk of the jhanas and we think it's like, sort of like going to Mars or something. I think this is so much 
more at least within my understanding, so much more a natural part of our deepening in mindfulness and with these other supportive factors. So, I don't know, that's... And I sense is any degree of this is so helpful in so many ways and helps the mind, heals the mind, nourishes the mind and, of course, makes it more available for insight, for seeing clearly, for seeing clearly in ways that actually, you know, free us from stress and suffering. So, the last part I would just, again, to, to refer back to Seidel. When stability of mind is established, you will start understanding things as they are. And so, from that same sutta that I was just mentioning, I just probably... Let's see how we're doing... Yeah, I'll probably conclude with, it, with this, as it's a, to me, a lovely, I've kind of missed a bit, but anyway, this kind of shows how this process of gathering, collecting the mind into a sense of well-being, and then as it rests more and more into stillness and brightness, pure bright mind, and then the illumination of our experience, illumination of the mind, that happens naturally, quite naturally. So, this is the Buddha again. So when the mind is collected, pure and bright, the practitioner directs and inclines it to knowing and seeing. She understands This is my body, having physical form composed of four elements, born of father and mother, nourished by rice and broth, impermanent and liable to be broken and destroyed. And this is my consciousness, supported by and bound up with it. So, I hope from from these reflections and teachings we can find for ourselves more and more deeply, more and more mm, accurately, relevantly to our life and our mind this um, stream of Dhamma that we can enter and re-enter that is always here for us whenever we can, whenever we turn to it. So thank you for your attention.
So let's um, close our time together by chanting the reflections on the sharing of blessings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.